We're going to see Jesus soon. Now, soon may be today, soon may be in a few years, a few decades, we don't know, but we will see Jesus. Are you ready to see him? Good afternoon. If you feed me lumpia, I will preach in Tagalog, all right? I'll do my best. When I go back to our sending church at Faithway in Ajax, one of the deacons there, he knows. If I'm staying in the prophet's chamber, it could be a knock on the door, and then I'll open the door. There's nobody there. Whoop, there's a bag there, and there's my lumpia for the day. They just know. But then I walked into this Filipino restaurant in Montreal to order some, and they said, what's that? I said, Maybe my pronunciation is wrong, and I'm like, so I just kind of quietly backed out. I'm like, these aren't real Filipinos or something, I don't know. Like, I know Balut, and I know Olympia, and I thought, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying it wrong, whatever. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1, but the food was delicious today, and the fellowship was even better. So thank you so much for having me, Pastor, today, and again, for your kindness, the hotel, and uh, all the expressions of love and kindness shown to me. And uh, I got some text messages from back home. My family wants me to greet the church for them and uh, the church as well. Some people at the church there said, please greet the church. And they want to say thank you for your support of the ministry. And uh, they are probably just excited that I'm away. That's probably half of it. But uh, they send their greetings. And uh, we do appreciate uh, what you mean to our family, to the ministry there. And uh, I remember calling Pastor White when we were on deputation and he promptly invited us to come. And I don't think we had ever met before, but came. And we appreciate your church and the ministry and your faithfulness to the Lord primarily, but also to our family. And a heartfelt thank you. And uh, we have a video we made a couple of weeks ago, about four minutes in length. It's going to be an update of what God has done in the last 10 years. And as soon as I get the final product, I'll send it along to Pastor, and hopefully you can see that. Revelation chapter 1. I'd like to speak on the subject this afternoon. I am the Alpha and Omega. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. And I want to spend a few moments together looking at what that means to us personally, what that means for the church. And let's begin simply by reading verse number 17 and 18. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 will be in some other verses as well. But Revelation 1, 17 says, And when I saw him... I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not. Isn't that a beautiful thing to hear from Jesus? Fear not. I am the first and the last. You know, when we see things on the news that bother us, that scare us, Jesus can say, fear not. I was in power before that ever happened. I'll be on my throne when that's done and gone. I am the beginning and the end. I am Alpha and Omega. And he says here, I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am he that liveth, that's present, and was dead, that's past. And behold, I am alive forevermore, that's present and future. Amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for who you are. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our God, our Savior, our everything. Thank you that when we preach you, as the choir sang so beautifully, uh, it changes lives, it changes families, it changes communities. And in history, it's even changed nations. And we know that it changes history because the day is coming when the Omega will put an end to the alphabet, will put an end to all events of all time. And we trust you. 
and we are comforted by this. Now help us to take this truth this afternoon and apply it to our hearts, to my heart. And receive all the glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our lives are so small. Sometimes we think we're a big deal, but our lives are so small. Our lives are so brief. How long are you going to live? You don't know. How many more years do you have? You don't know. Our lives are so fragile. How are you going to die? You don't know. Millions of people every morning get up thinking they're going to have, they have more days than they don't. Our lives are fragile. We don't know when we're going to go. We don't know how we're going to go. And if our lives are not attached to something greater than ourselves, well, they are also very empty. If you're living for yourself, you're always going to feel empty. The only way to be fulfilled is to live for something much greater than yourself. And here I'm talking about Jesus, to live for him. How many of you, don't raise your hand maybe, but how many of you would have a 4K TV? I'm not recommending you go buy one. I'm just saying every pixel on that screen is insignificant. If you had one pixel burnout on a 4K TV, you wouldn't even know it. But you put all these pixels together, 4K meaning there's almost 4,000 across on the screen, and it makes a beautiful picture. You can show great landscapes. You can show heroic actions by film. You can show an update video of missionaries and lives being transformed. But that one pixel doesn't do a whole lot. It only is significant when it's connected to all the rest of them. In the same way, my life is really nothing fantastic. Nobody's ever going to write my biography, I don't think, and that's okay. But my life, by the grace of God, I want it to be connected to the one who is the beginning and who is the end. The one who is, history is his story, as it has often been said. The first and the last, he is the creator, he is the consumer. Jesus is the answer, and he's the answer for your life, by the way. Who created the universe? Jesus. Who is going to recreate it at the end of time because we messed it up so bad? Jesus. Who came to earth to save you? Jesus. Who is with us every day, even unto the end of the world? Jesus. Who will reign on this earth and eliminate the problems of mankind? Jesus. And he is the answer. He's the answer to everything, and he's the answer... He's always been, he always will be, and forever his name is Jesus. And in the book of Revelation, we find these truths beautifully repeated over and over. Look at verse number 8 of Revelation 1. I am Alpha, that was the first letter of the Greek alphabet, and Omega, that was the last letter of the Greek alphabet, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, and notice what he's called, the Almighty. Recently at our church, I preached a message from the Psalms under the shadow of the Almighty. I praise the Lord that this morning when I talked to Jesus, I was talking to the Almighty. When I told him about situations that you don't know about and that I pray over, I was talking to the Almighty. He is the Almighty God. Look at verse number 17. We read it already. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But notice what Jesus did. And he laid his right hand upon me. Isn't that a beautiful picture? The Almighty puts his hand on his beloved servant and says, fear not. Maybe what you're, you're seeing here is much for you, but I am the first. I am the last. At the very end of Revelation, in Revelation 21.6, he says, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water, 
of life freely. In Revelation twenty-two thirteen, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In so many words, the book is telling us that Jesus is God. God is before all things. God will be after all things. Everything's are here by God. Everything is here for God. And you can say that it's all for Jesus because he is God. In Isaiah 41 and verse 4, Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am he. Jesus is God. Jesus was there before all things. He'll be there after all things. He is there today. And that should be a great comfort to you. And it's also a great offer to you. And you say, well, what does it change in my life on this day in October 2023? What does it change in my life or in our church's life that Jesus is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end? Well, I have a few things I'd like to leave with you. First of all, look at verse number eight with me. Because he is Alpha and Omega, we can persevere. We talked this morning briefly about having problems. You have some. But because Jesus was there before the problem, and Jesus is with you in the problem, and Jesus will be in power after the problem, well, you can trust him, and you can put one foot in front of the other, and you can continue on. Look at verse number eight. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. But notice that he is, and he is also the one which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Are you ready for the future? Are you? In Amos chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, prepare to meet thy God. But even beyond meeting God, are you ready for the future? I don't know if you're like me, but I remember our, our oldest son, we adopted him from an orphanage in Ukraine. And I remember the day that Vladimir Putin sent his army across the border. My son heard about it from someone and he was very upset, took the day off of school. We just sat there in front of a, the news and he just watched and live, he watched as the army was rushing into his homeland. I was getting text messages from believers in Ukraine, brothers and sisters in Christ that we met when we were there. They're taking their phones and they were just filming through the living room window and all these Russian helicopters are coming by their house and you could hear the kids screaming. And I started to wonder, what if that was Canada? Am I ready for the future. You say, well, I hope it doesn't happen here. I hope so too. It may not be armies coming in. It may not be war. Maybe, maybe not. But are you ready for whatever life has for you? Just in our church, we've had people go through surgery, cancer, other things just came like that. We saw them on Sunday and by Wednesday we're begging God for them. Their life completely turned upside down in less than 72 hours, and it's happened at Grace Baptist Church as well, I'm sure. Are you ready for the future? In, John, in Revelation 1.9, John says, I, John, who also am your brother, and notice companion in tribulation. Jesus told us, in this world, ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. Jesus is there before, he is there during, he will be after, he's, he, and he makes you this offer. He says, you know, I, 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 I'll be with you. But we are going to go through tough times. Now John went through his own sufferings. As he writes this, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he, he is on the island of Patmos. 
tradition, which we can't always trust, tells us that they tried to boil him alive, but when he survived, they sent him in exile to the Isle of Patmos. And he was there, notice verse 9, for the word of God. He was there because of the Bible and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. But he is there and he's a persevering man. Why? Why can he persevere? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because Jesus is with him. And Jesus was on his throne before John got arrested. And he was on his throne while John was arrested. And he will be on his throne after John is released. And Jesus is on his throne. And when we know that what we're going through, Jesus was the same before yesterday and today and forever and does not change, it allows me to get up tomorrow morning on Monday and say, whatever comes today, if I have Jesus, I'm going to be okay. It doesn't mean he's always going to deliver me as I think or as I wish. He's always going to do what's best for me, though, and I can persevere. I read a somewhat comical uh, example of perseverance just recently. It was about a, a lady who, uh, her car broke down on the side of the road, and uh, actually it wasn't a breakdown, it was, she had a flat tire. And she used the jack to get the car up a little bit to replace this tire herself. But as she was putting the, the, the wheel on her vehicle, while well, the, 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 the jack collapsed and her hands were stuck between the wheel and the car and she could not get them out. And she was stuck and she was, was on the, it was late, there was no other cars around, nobody was coming to help her. But eventually she managed to get the cell phone to shake it out of her pocket and the cell phone fell on the ground. And then she took her shoe off by rubbing against her leg, got her sock off, and she's attempting to call 911 with her toes. You say, why are you telling us the story? Well, do you know how long it took her to finally call 911? Took her 35 minutes of trying with her toes to call 911. You say, well, what else is she going to do? Her hands are stuck. Well, she persevered and she persevered and she persevered. And eventually she succeeded. And in the, 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 the sheriff county, uh, the sheriffs of the county of Colleton came and they managed to get her hands out. And in, grand, in total, she was there 45 minutes stuck. But she never quit. She never quit because she knew that if she could just dial that number, somebody would come to help. Now, that might seem like a small thing to try to use your foot for 35 minutes to call 911. You may not need to do that, but if you live any length of time, there'll be some things in your life that'll come your way that you'll just need to persevere through. I mean, if you're a parent, even if you're not feeling well, you still have to persevere for your kid's sake. You still have to go through. If you get bad news from the doctor, you can't stop working. You still have to go to work. It, different things happen in your life. Well, you have to continue on. Where are you going to get the hope? Where are you going to get the strength? Where are you going to get the help in order to carry on? Well, you're going to get it from Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing, is seeing we, are also, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. But how do we run that race? Looking unto Jesus, the author, or if you want, the one who was before our faith, and finisher, the one who will be there at the end of our faith, the author and finisher of our faith, his name is Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You can persevere because if you have Jesus, 
you have the one who was there before all things, who will be there after all things, who was and is and is to come, who was dead, but it, well, he was alive, well, he has always been alive, and then he was dead, and now he is alive, and forevermore. You can persevere, but secondly, notice with me in verses 17 through 18 that you can live fearlessly. You can live fearlessly. I don't let my kids watch the news sometimes because it's scary. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. We live in a scary world. I can't speak for Surrey, but I know in Montreal and Laval, there's some places that I don't recommend that you go for a walk late at night. Don't just don't go. It's not a good idea. Fear is, is just a, a part of life. I mean, I, I was in bed a few months ago and I heard pop, pop, pop. And I wrote the time down, 1.48 a.m. the next day. Mr. Levier, did you hear any gunshots last night? Yeah, it was at 1.48. Oh, perfect, thank you. And then they, they went on their merry way. Now, I don't live in a particularly dangerous neighborhood, but it can happen at any time. I mean, in the last six months, twice the police have come and wanted to see the video from our doorbell because of stolen vehicles on the street. I mean, things can happen anywhere, and they can happen everywhere and at any time. So how are you and I going to live without fear? There's a lady I know back home. I don't think she knows the Lord, unfortunately, but she lives in fear. She never comes out of her house. Her husband goes. Sometimes she'll come out, but she lives in crippling fear, and I feel terrible for her. But look at verse number 17. He says, fear not. Now that's fine. I mean, as parents, we do that all the time. You say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. But in order to say fear not, you need to give a good reason to not fear, right? I mean, to say don't be afraid is fine, but why? Fear not, I am the first and the last. That's a good reason. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. If you're going to live fearlessly, you're going to need Jesus. You need him. Fear of what? People have a fear of dying. People have a fear of missing out on life. People have a fear of diseases. People have a fear. I mean, we saw it during COVID. Fear, fear, fear. I remember I was in Ontario, a small town, Ontario, and uh, I needed to go to a, a grocery store. I went to this very small gro grocery store. It had like three aisles in it. And I didn't realize that there they had painted lines, you know, arrows on the floor in order to, you know, go through the grocery store in a particular order because of COVID measures. I didn't see it. And I went down this aisle the wrong way, and this poor lady, she was coming towards me with her grocery cart, and she saw me coming towards her during COVID. She literally almost knocked over half the grocery store. She threw herself into the shelving system, and just everything went flying everywhere. I said, ma'am, are you okay? She's like, you're coming at me! I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. I turned around and I tried to find the arrows and go. And, you know, I was in the wrong. But she lived in fear. Fear to the point of self-injury because she didn't want to get a disease. And maybe she had a, another health concern. I'm not judging. I'm just saying a lot of people live in fear. John had good reason to be fearful. I mean, he had just seen in verses 12 through 16, he had seen Jesus, the glorified, risen Jesus. And he was more than he could handle. And he falls as dead, verse 17. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, or not. He didn't scream. He didn't yell. He just said, fear not. Here's why you don't need to fear, John. I'm the first. 
I am the last. He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Tom Yoder was a frustrated man. For six months, for, the, for a period of six months, as a volunteer for a Peace Corps, he had worked for many, many, many months trying to get the confidence of an African tribe. Even though he was a soldier, what he really wanted to do was to show this tribe how to irrigate their farmlands in order to grow more crops, and he wanted to show them better ways to grow the crops, better ways to market the crops so that they could you know, make more money as farmers. But the problem was nobody in the village trusted him because he was a Westerner, and he wasn't one of them. So they didn't really want anything to do with them, and all kinds of legends were going around the village that maybe he was a witch doctor there to steal their children, and they didn't know. They just didn't trust this foreigner in the village, and it broke his heart because he wanted to help them, and they wouldn't have none of it. But one day, a little boy came to Tom's residence, to the hut where he was staying, and the little boy pointed to the end of the village, and he said, the family that lives in that home, in that hut at the end of the village, is very sick. And everybody has just left them, abandoned them to die. And the children of the family are my friends. Can you help them? So Tom goes over to the forbidden hut where nobody's allowed to go in. And quickly he realized that the family had contracted yellow fever. And for the next six days, Yoder bathed them. Tom Yoder fed them. He nursed them until each of them was strong enough to be carried to a hospital about 90 miles down the road. And all the entire family recovered from yellow fever and was entirely healed. From then on, all the villagers called Tom Yoder the great man of no fear, or the great fearless man. And from that day on, they listened to what he had to say, they trusted him, and he was able to do why he was there. And one day, somebody asked him, but how could you be so fearless when everybody else was fearful? He said, oh, it's easy to be fearless when you've been vaccinated against the disease. See, he had the yellow fever shot. He had been vaccinated. He knew that he could go there and he'd likely not get yellow fever because he he was already inoculated against it. So he knew that even if he went there, nothing would happen to him because he was already prepared for such a thing. He wasn't that he was fearless, it was just that he had in himself something that caused him to be fearless. There was something in him that gave him the courage to go and help that family. Well, you know, I have much better than a vaccine. I have Jesus. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I have a red-eye flight to Montreal tonight at 11. Will I make it to Montreal? I have no idea. I think so. But will I? I can't guarantee that. But I do know one thing. I know the one who was there at the beginning and who was there at the end. And he is going to be with me on that plane. He'll be with you when you get on the road. And he is with us, Matthew 28 tells us, every day, even unto the end of the world. And we serve the one who is the end from the beginning. Let's let's make it church-wide. This is your 24th anniversary. Have there been situations in 24 years where you needed Jesus to intervene? I believe probably yes. I, I don't know if this is what your third building. So, yeah, fourth. 
So I'm sure that at some point in some transition, you need God to show up. And, I'm, I, and I know that for the future, you're going to have situations where you need the Lord to do something that is beyond your ability. Well, where can you get the courage? You get the courage from the one who is the Alpha and Omega. He's there before. I mean, the Lord was there before Grace Baptist Church was ever planted. And he will be there to the end of the age. And I hope that Grace Baptist Church will be here until the trumpet sounds and that the saints are called up to heaven. And at that day, Jesus will still be there. And in your life, in our church, we can have courage. Why? Not because we're strong. Not because we have resources. Not because we have knowledge. Not because we have technology. Not because we have medicine, but because we have Jesus. Fear not. What does Jesus say? I am the first and the last. Thirdly, we are assured of a perfect eternity. Go with me to Revelation 21, towards the second last chapter in the whole Bible. Revelation 21 and verse number 6. Revelation 21, 6, Jesus says, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And notice what he says here. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. See, if Jesus was not the beginning and the end, nobody could be certain that they're on their way to heaven. He says, I am the first and the last. He says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning of the end, and I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. See, when we get to heaven, who are we going to see there? We're going to see Jesus. Who's going to greet you? If you're a Christian, if you're saved, if, you're, if, you, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, who are you going to be with the moment you close your eyes for the last time? You'll be with Jesus. But if Jesus was not the beginning and the end, that we couldn't know that we're going to see him. But I know that my last breath here is going to be my first breath with him. I am going to be absent from the body and present with whom? With the Lord. No matter what happens to you, if you're a believer, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, if you have Jesus Christ in your life, you will see Jesus. It's not an if. You will see him. There is nothing that can happen to you that can come your way that is so strong, that is so bad, that it'll separate you from Jesus. He's always going to be there. He will always be there. Even if you die, he will be there to greet you. We are assured of a perfect eternity if we're saved because he is the beginning and the end. In verse number five of Revelation 21, he says, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Would you like a world without war? See, John Lennon was one of the Beatles, you probably know that. And he wrote a famous, or I would say infamous, song entitled Imagine. And in that song, he talks about, just imagine that there were no countries, that there was no war, but then he says, and no religion, no God, etc. See, he wanted a perfect world. But do you know there is a perfect world coming? It's not coming without Jesus, it's coming because of Jesus. It's not coming by kicking out Jesus, it's coming by receiving Jesus. 
The scriptures have many, many, many passages that talk about a world where the climate will be perfect, so bye-bye climate change. It's talking about a world where there will be no war. They're going to take their military equipment and make farming equipment out of it because they will not learn war anymore. Who's going to bring that world? Jesus. This world needs Jesus. And for those of us who have him as our Savior, we are assured of a perfect eternity. Why? Because he is the beginning and because he is the end. I'd ask you this question. Have you ever, as he says in this verse, have you ever come to him to receive the water of life freely? In John chapter 4, Jesus was in Samaria and he walked over to to Jacob's well. And there was a lady who came out middle of the day to draw water. The reason she's there at that time is because people in the town have no time for her. She's, got five, she's had five husbands. The one that she's with now is not her husband. The townies probably look at her sideways and despise her. So she comes at noon when nobody else goes to draw water. She meets Jesus at the well. Jesus engages her in conversation. And he says that uh, if she'll just drink of the living water that Jesus wants to give her, she will never thirst again. Long story short, she meets Jesus that day. And she runs back to the village. She runs back and she becomes a witness to them. They come out and they say, we believe. Not because of what she said, but because we've met him. And he gave her that water, that satisfying water. She was saved. Her sins were forgiven. I'm going to ask you this. Are you thirsty for something that this life cannot offer? You are. Do you need something that man cannot give you? Maybe you've been looking for it in relationships and every time you get disappointed. Maybe you've been looking for it in a career and a job and just still feel empty. Well, the Bible says that if you'll just come to Jesus, he will give you living water. Something that's going to satisfy you. Something that's quench your thirst. That once you have that, what could you ever want more? But we need to come to him for that. And he is offering it to you. If you will come to him, the beginning and the end. And notice, finally, in Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. We must prepare to meet him. Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, what does he say? I come quickly. And I'm glad he's coming quickly. I want him to come today. I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. All the other mentions of Alpha and Omega in Revelation are encouragement. This one is encouragement, but it's also a warning. Jesus is coming soon. At the end, of, of, at verse 20 of Revelation 22, surely I come quickly. Sometimes we sing a song, soon and very soon I'm going to see the king. We're going to see Jesus soon. Now soon maybe today, soon maybe in a few years, a few decades, we don't know, but we will see Jesus. Are you ready to see him? He says here in this verse, he says, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according 
as his work shall be. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus is not going to take your sins and put them back in your face when you meet him. Because all your sins were paid for at the cross. So if you, when you meet Jesus, you're going to be there and he is going to give you rewards according to what you have done in this life. But if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you will be judged so that your punishment matches your works. Now the Bible talks about a place called hell, but all people that were sent there were sent there, it says, and they were judged according to their works. Are you ready to meet him? There's no reason not to be. There is no reason to not be ready to meet Jesus because he is extending an offer to everyone today. Will you come and give the water of life freely? There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to become first. You repent of your sin. That means that you agree with God that what you've been doing is wrong and sinful. And that's not the direction that you want to keep going. And you claim his promise of his shed blood that he paid for all your sins. And you call upon the name of the Lord. You ask him, believing in your heart, you ask him to save you. Are you ready to meet him? And I don't say this arrogantly because there's nothing special about me. It's all about Jesus, but I am ready to meet him. Now, I, I, there are some things in this life that I would love to have opportunity to do, but as far as spending an eternity in heaven, I'm ready. He can come today. That's great with me. If, he's, if his coming quickly was today, that would be wonderful. In verse 14, it says, Blessed are they that do his commandments. But in verse 15, it says, but without, outside, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I have a question then. Are you blessed or are you without? Are you in or out? Sometimes with our kids we sing a song. One door and only one and yet its sides are two. Inside and outside on which side are you? Have you come to Jesus? Are you inside? Are you blessed in Jesus? Who is the beginning and the end? Who's going to give you the courage? Who's going to give you not only the courage, but who's the reason for living? Or are you yet outside? He wants you to be inside. Because Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, he can direct your life. I like to get directions from people who've been there. You know, if I was to go somewhere. If I was going to the Philippines, for example, I would ask some of you, hey, where should I go? Any recommendations where I should stay? Anything I should see while I'm there? Because you've been there, you could advise me on where I should go and what I should do. It helps with direction. Well, Jesus is the beginning and the end. He can direct you from A to B because he's both A and Z. He is Alpha and Omega. So you say, Lord, where should I go? He can tell you because he's the beginning and he's the end of the trip. He gives you confidence because you know he is the beginning and the end. And he controls everything. Everything is under his control. This afternoon, the Lord Jesus could say, stop, and there'd be no more rockets flying between Palestine and Israel. And that day is coming where he won't allow any such thing. He could stop anything, and he will. It gives us confidence. It also gives us a reason. If you, you, you need to attach your life to something greater than yourself. And that is Jesus. Gives you perseverance. But my greater question is this. Do you know? Are you sure? 
that you've received Jesus as your Savior. And if you have, well, you can lift up your head and live fearlessly and confidently because, and your church for your next 24, 25 years, you can do so fearlessly because the one we serve, he was, he is, he is to come. And he's with us every day to the end of the age. Pastor White. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.